Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy. So, hello to longtime friends and new friends and all that good stuff. Today's episode is going to be about culture. We'll touch on a little bit of politics and kind of just how those things kind of latch onto your mind and what that all what that all means and what do I mean by that? So, but but so it's kind of by audience demand is is throwing in a little bit of a political parts, but it's not like controversial political. It's more about how it influences your mind and how. Um, our culture influences your mind, but I want to do it in a way that I think connects with everyone, or at least enough of the type of people I'd like to attract into my audience, I guess. And uh, maybe that's contradictory, me creating my own echo chamber. So those that have been listening for a while know that I kind of make fun of (laughs) those echo chambers. But then again, I want to attract open-minded people, right? People that will call me out on my bullshit, let me know about my arrogance, let me know that I'm blind to very important piece of information that might completely alter my perspective. That's the type of people I want listening to my show. And I feel like that's why this episode is important for that. So people that are, you know, curious, people that are going to go out in the world with wonder and and people that have accepted that, that the truth will never be held in their hands, but fuck it, let's, let's go after it anyway. Those type of people. And, you know, those people also, I feel like, have an urge to influence and and plant those seeds of skepticism for other people. So, anyway, though, let's get into it. As always, if you want to help support the show, check out the Patreon page. And you can also do it on Substack, where you can get access to the bonus episode feed. I'm going to be having a couple put up here shortly as well. Depends on when you're listening to this, I guess. Uh, So, check out that. Also, leave me a rating on iTunes and share with your friends, family, the world, whatever you want to do. It really helps support the show and help kind of expand the show so I can put more time into it. So let's dive in and enter the labyrinth. So I want to find my fellow curious human beings, right? that want to go into the world, create a nice mind meld with their fellow beings and just try to figure this game of life out the best way we can. So let's talk about maybe some beings that hold positions that don't want to do this. You know, beings that want to tell you their state of consciousness is the truth. They hold the truth, the absolute truth. Come to them for the answers. It's, you know, this nice little safe, it'll be safe, it'll be okay, you don't have to worry, just let me give you the truth, let me, let me grant you that, me, right, that type of language, we know that's, we know, like, we're this idea where they think, we know what's best for you, come on down, they want, they want you to allow them to meld your mind into their level of consciousness, their consciousness, allow their consciousness tentacles to latch onto you like a leech and control you, like some sort of mind control. And I don't mean that in the literal sense, but I hope you get what I mean by that kind of visual representation. And I don't, maybe I took that thought too far, but fuck it. So if you ever get the vibe from someone that gives off that impression I just mentioned, run for the hills. And that impression being like they're trying to force their level of consciousness down on you. Or at the very least, be ready to call them out on their BS. Because as people, we just need to admit, you don't fucking know. We don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. I'm curious. I want other people to be curious. But don't sell people your snake oil of truth. And I know I, I 
I did an episode on the drug war uh, within the past couple months or so, but this one is made with a different tilt. You know, one of culture and one of understanding our perception of truth from culture. So think about it. Although our culture, or at least our counterculture, is becoming more open to basic, for example, psychedelic experiences, and that counterculture is growing, even still, the fact that you can be thrown in prison for daring to alter your mind and seek new perspectives to is, is just absurd to me. How, how can we call ourselves the land of the free when we throw more people in prison than anywhere else in the world? Throwing people in prison for daring to consume something that alters your mind, makes you question your decisions, the decisions we make as a culture, and, and, and those substances also happen to help you connect with your fellow human beings, right? It's like, huh, right? You know, it, it, it kind of affects you and makes you think. It's starting to sound like what I'm talking about is, is more of a savior instead of something that society should fear. A tool that allows us to, to question the negative aspects of our society. Something that forces us to ask the question, why the fuck am I doing this? Is this helping me? Is this helping the people around me? Is this helping society? Is this, is this making people have a feeling of, of purpose and happiness? Crazy questions, right? How, how dare us? Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> this idea of altering your mind through the use of psychedelics can be taken away way, 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 way too far. It's also illegal. So don't take this as me telling you to do it. I am definitely not doing that. I am not an expert. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But those points I raised, luckily, research is being done on the psychological benefits of treating mental health issues through these substances in controlled settings. But I'm also going off reports from the reports of those who have have used them, those from, from anywhere from the party and rave scene to PhDs in academia. Great reports, right? But it's also important as we continue to see this cultural shift towards acceptance, understanding, and curiosity in the psychedelic substances or altered minds type substances is to understand we must be mindful of the mistakes made in the past. You see, if we want to continue allowing kind of these valves of potential research opportunities to continue opening up, that those research opportunities that are going to directly help thousands of lives... We as a culture need to be smart, careful, and understand the information we have out there and use reliable information. And I bring up the past because, like I said, we must be mindful figures like, and I'm going to use Timothy Leary. Um, Some people still are a big fan of him, but he also definitely did some controversial things. I feel like that's that's kind of like an undebated point. But for those that don't know, he was one of the main kind of American psychologists and writers known for advocating for the use of psychedelic drugs. And he also did research in the field as well. But he also partied around in the 60s, <laughs> trying to sell people on this idea of, you know, consciousness expansion. All in, one, all in one tab, you can just have this consciousness expansion. And people such as Leary, they, they did little to tell people that these substances that zap you out of reality, zap you out of your reality tunnel, what happens when you get zapped out of your reality tunnel? Think about it. Imagine imagine that tunnel. That's what you know about the world. That's your tunnel. 
But then, all of a sudden, the entire thing comes comes crashing and crumbling down. Now, when it's all crumbled and, and in rubble, you're not guaranteed to find this peace, tranquility, and, and enlightenment immediately from that crumble. And people make it sound like that's just like, that's just what happens, right? Your now crumbled tunnel might unlock or show you things you're not ready for. Parts of reality you could not yet handle. It's like sometimes we can we can tear down our walls too quickly where we then quickly rebuild them stronger and stronger which then makes it more difficult to address the issues we have and face as we further protected them with our ego, the defense mechanism of creating those walls. Our ego is what builds those walls around our tunnel that protects us. It doesn't mean it's good. Sometimes it protects us and when we're in that tunnel, that reality tunnel that we're in, has negative effects on our lives. Sometimes we need to be able to jump outside of the reality tunnel and analyze the views, the perspectives, and the beliefs we have and see which ones are negatively affecting us and how we can change them to better affect our lives and better affect people and better find purpose, better find meaning, all that stuff. So I hope this makes sense. The point is we have to be mindful of those eager to sell, sell you on kind of this psychedelic pipe dream because they are convinced their great experience means everyone will not only have a great experience but be ready to take on that experience. And that's just that's just not the case. It's just not. Finding peace, understanding enlightenment isn't as easy as hopping on the psychedelic train of wonder that gives you a ride straight into the sun, shattering your existence, and then has you being instantly rebuilt anew with these kind of egoless, blissful, and enlightened existence. That's that's just not what happens. And the other wrong assumption is is that if you have, like, for example, an ego death, the ego isn't rebuilt with something new. The point is, when you have an ego death, you you are better able to be aware of the ego that you're creating. So, yeah, those are I think those are key points. And my point is, we can't have people going around trying to convince people that. Yada, 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 everyone should take it and, and falsely telling people the experience is all lollipops and rainbows, right? That's just not true. It's it's ignorant to the current difficult experiences many people are going through and the different levels of reality and consciousness others are at in their life and the experiences that you don't fucking know about. So I bring this up because <laughs> it gets back to my earlier point about being called out on my bullshit. And we need to call out others on their bullshit because people like Leary and those proclaiming to wield the truth in the palm of their hand are trying to sell you this this light at the end of the tunnel. But guess what? They don't know your experience. They don't know what it's like to be living experience and being the you in your mind in your reality tunnel. Only you do, right? So... I hope you I hope you see my point because I have a problem with the powers above us as well. The big, the big mighty government that throw people in prison for exploring their mind or the powers at large that have prevented research on those tools for the mind for decades. I'm criticizing those in our culture past and in culture current that sell you on this this get enlightenment quick scheme or even getting spirituality quick or mindfulness quick. 
And the other, the bad assumption is, is people assume like, like let's say someone achieves enlightenment, right? That doesn't mean it's done. You're, you're done. There's not another stage or another level of understanding, right? That's, they want to sell you on this like end point that they can get you to and this quick, this, I can do it quick. That's not the case. So all of this gunk that's trying to latch on to you from all these various sides and take advantage of your mind. My point is, our culture sometimes has these, these kind of tentacles propping up, trying to latch on your mind from all these different directions. And you must be mindful of them, remain curious, skeptical, and know the path that is best for you. Trust your instincts, my fellow beings of earth, right? But let's unpack this idea around culture, though, and why this relates. Because that might sound super pessimistic of what what I've been saying in this episode, what I was just saying. But I'm trying to make you aware of this. Because like most things in life, stuff is moldable, changeable. It ebbs and flows with the pole of our kind of collective consciousness. We have an opportunity to shape consciousness with a message that we feel is positive and helpful. You know, my, my goal being trying to plant seeds of curiosity and wonder. So I try to ask myself, what can I do to help do that? To help to help uh, play my role. Play my role in this sort of film I've created in my mind for myself. This makes me think of a popular kind of Terrence McQuinn quote, right? So we have where he says, we have to create culture. Don't watch TV, don't read magazines, don't even listen to NBR. Create your own roadshow. And I partially agree, so I kind of want to dissect this. He even went as far as to say, culture is not your friend. And I think McKenna and I disagree on that point, whether we say culture is not our friend. But I understand his sentiment there, where he's kind of saying like mainstream culture, I think in a sense. I think parts of our culture are not your friend. But we can create pockets of kind of dope beings that are scattered around our culture. We can help prop up our fellow humans that we feel are are shedding kind of this beacon of light. Those beacons of light that we hope others become attracted to. That's something culture can do. Counterculture is still culture. These various sects of culture, still culture. And I find it, it this fascinating to contemplate because... It forces us to ask ourselves, what are we doing simply because that's what the people around us are doing? I, I know the feeling. I grew up in a small town and you kind of, you get pulled into that to have the beliefs and wear the style and, and you kind of get molded into that community. And that's, that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I see how culture influences us, various areas of culture, whether it's in a small town, a big city, a small state, a big state, whatever it is, there's culture there that that pulls on you. And how often is that very behavior toxic in our way of being? It hurts us internally, but we do it anyway. We fail to stop and ask ourselves, why the fuck am I doing that? And we think, well, everyone else is doing it. So, you know, we should, maybe we should introspect though, how we can become our own kind of unique light that not only are we happy with, but people kind of feed off of it, are inspired by it. How can we be that light? So I face the same hardships and shortcomings, but 
I try to improve upon them slowly but surely. I try to create my light, the light of finding wonder, curiosity, purpose, and meaning. So everyone I feel like is trying to, they're striving towards that, that state, those wonder, curiosity, purpose, and meaning. But each individual has their own unique way of expressing that, understanding that, and and feeling that, and having that fulfilled. I'm not saying everyone has the same meaning or purpose, but everyone kind of strives for those those things, and how can we accomplish those things, those subjective experiences, in a sense. And this brings me to kind of my, to a more recent realization of mine, you know, the American way, one that I used to tout and embrace. I used to say, you know, our human nature is to be competitive. Thus, a capitalist society props up our human nature, our desire for competition, which uh, perpetuates societal progress and blah, 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 blah. Now, I'll say I'm, I'm also not a socialist, so don't try to place your labels on me, fools. But I want to dis- dissect that statement. Now, this might come across as though I'm criticizing capitalism, which, which I am, but that doesn't mean I'm completely against it. Like many ideas and, and schools of thought, I find positives in, in various ones. Sometimes competitiveness is good. It, it helps create innovation that helps people, but we have to be mindful of those innovations as well. So, like I said, it doesn't mean I'm completely against it. It's definitely, that's definitely not the case. In time, I'll probably find a way to criticize socialism as well, and I'll probably do it on this episode. Or not this episode, but this this podcast at some point. Because I think both sides claim to hold all our answers, all our political answers, our economic answers. And if you know me, anyone claiming to hold all those answers in the palm of their hands for society is probably full of some dangerous dogma that will get people hurt but i digress so let's let's keep let's keep it moving and connect why the fuck that matters so back to my statement first this idea that human nature tells us that we are competitive where is that proven hard to find we're basically just going off of observation right We create that. We insert that understanding into human nature and proclaim, this is who we are. We might as well embrace it. You know, fuck it. Human nature is moldable though, changeable, movable. It learns and it adapts. It isn't this concrete thing that's there to stay forever. That's the bad assumption. It's not stuck. It's in flux. So could human nature be built on compassion? Fuck yeah, it could. Why not? The next part of my statement, human nature is based on competition. And capitalism helps prop up that competition to create innovation. Thus, progress. And if you know my views on progress, progress is just a human creation. We evolve, but we don't necessarily progress. Like, what does that even mean? We had we had a story to that to tell ourselves that we're progressing, right? And I'll admit, I like many innovations I see in our society. I love the internet. I think it's great. I think it has way more positives than negatives. And I'm curious for the many to come in the future. And I wonder about them and I'm hopeful for them and I'm optimistic about them. But that doesn't mean I'm not constantly raising questions to myself about the innovations we choose to embrace, prop up, and work towards. And especially how we define progress. As as change does not equal progress, right? What is even progress? What does that even mean? What are we moving towards? Let's say we are moving towards uh, ending human suffering. Well, guess what? What happens when we, we, 
We happen to be doing a piss poor job of that. However, we could say that we were evolving and moving with the changes of our society makes. And then that within that society, how culture influences society that makes us make changes and decisions and movements. And we should be constantly evaluating those changes to see what it means for humanity, the individual, and the future we desire to work towards. What do we want that future to look like? Whatever that is, we can evolve our direction just like we can evolve human nature. We, it's multiple. It's changeable. Our history is not set in stone. Or sorry. Well, I guess maybe I do like that point. Our future is not set in stone is what I meant to say. But anyway, that's the power of ideas that we create is my kind of overall point here to kind of bring this somewhat full circle here. Ideas started at the point of creation. Our culture embraces an idea, and those ideas have profound effects on us as humans. Think about it. We are essentially where we are today as sapiens, way because we are today because sapiens way back essentially figured out how to create fire. That idea spiraled into creating things like the wheel, weapons, more sophisticated communication, more advanced medicine, the skyscrapers, and the tech devices you're listening to this episode through all started from what? They started from a creation. A creation that started from an idea. And an idea is what? It's created by the human mind. We create our reality so, 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 so much. So what will we choose to create? What ideas will we choose to create? So I want to bring up this other McKenna quote to kind of help tie this all together. But the culture is a perversion. It fetishizes objects. It creates consumer mania. It preaches endless forms of false happiness, endless forms of false understanding in the form of a square of squarely religions. Or sorry, wow, I just botched that quote. Uh, and silly cults. It invites people to diminish ourselves and dehumanize themselves by behaving like machines. But all those things are changeable by what? Culture. <laughs> culture doesn't have to be stuck in per in perversion. Sure, sex of our culture will be a perversion. Probably. But it gets back to propping up those beacons of light, those beacons, those areas of culture. Yes, we fetishize objects, but how can we shape our beliefs to alter that fetishization? My point is, our culture doesn't have to be at war with our mind. It's only at war with our mind because we allow it. It doesn't have to be that way. So sure, culture can be this kind of a mysterious matrix that enslaves our ego to fall in line with the reality tunnel it desires. But that culture isn't set in stone. It's multiple, changeable, and transcendable. So what do you want to do to transcend, shape, and build upon the wonderful potential of our culture? That's the question I want you to contemplate. But as always, thanks for listening. Uh, Yeah, hit up the Discord and let's chat about this episode. As always, peace.